Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that is still raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very, very talented friend, my very own little burst of sunshine, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> Hi, Louise. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, sunshine? I mean, you know, I don't know. We're hanging in there, right? We are. We we're are. Making, we're making big strides and hanging in there. So let's do exactly. that. Yep. Bring a little positivity to the world because that's what we need to do. So let's talk about sunshine, shall we? That's hard to say. Speak about sunshine, shall we? Um, I've obviously not had enough to drink because I could still say it. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so do you know that they say that it, the sun is actually your best source of vitamin D? And uh, it has the ability to immediately brighten your mood. Do you buy that? I mean... If it's really hot, I mean, yeah, I'll go with it. Yes. So do, does do do you feel like you're happy, more energized during sun on sunny days? As if I'm at the beach, days? but if I gotta go to work and not be allowed outside in the sun, no, it makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna say that the sun does definitely plays a big role in my mood, and I realize that after living in Hawaii, obviously it's perfect every day. I didn't realize how much I actually responded to it. But here's something that's a little extreme. This would give you a, a going a really long distance to get a little sunshine or mood booster. Um, in 2017, physicists created actually the brightest light ever produced on Earth. Mm. Um, apparently, some scientists um, out of the University of Nebraska in their, get this, extreme light laboratory. Yep, extreme light laboratory. They fired an ultra-high intensive laser called Diocles. Um, and I don't even understand this, at electrons suspended in helium. Um, <laughs> and what they generated was actually a light that was a billion times brighter than the surface of the sun. Whoa. What I don't understand is how did everything just not like melt? You, you, you would think that it would just like, at the uh, obviously, you know, these are scientists and I'm just a professional drinker and it's well beyond my paycheck. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would love to know you're going to wrap this one in. Go ahead. This is going to be the best, the best wrap up ever. Go. Well, it's not a big, it's not a big leap at all. So speaking of things that can instantly light up a room. Oh, okay. Right in your life. Let's welcome today's designated drinker, shall we? See, that was yes. very easy leap. She is the broad, she is a broadcast maven, a lover of bacon, and the host of midday shenanigans, Poet Taylor. Welcome to the show, Poet. I'm so excited. Welcome. <laughs> Love See, it. it wasn't a big leap at all, Gina. I thought you were so gonna tell me that Poet was like a physicist. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, God, she's had so many careers. It's crazy. <laughs> How old is not. this woman? <laughs> no, I know. I'm like, she's so young. When was she in school? And hell is old as time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's going on? I'm excited to have you on the show. You know, your smile, man. It was the first thing I remember meeting about you when I officially met you. Like, your energy comes through. And then in person, it's like, ah, so just watching you on the screen, I'm like, I needed this. I'm like, Ari Lennox, I need people. Oh. <laughs> Vitamin D in all shades. <laughs> but I am, I am here. And given the current state of things and times, there's a lot to be said in that and with that. And I pull energy and strength on my worst days from that. 
that I am here to stand in the space of or in the space with. So thank you for having me. No, you know, it's funny is like these are my the intros when I write them, they're always kind of like silly and goofy. And, you know, Gina's been everything from uh, you name it, cereal to uh, a tadpole. I don't know. I um, Gilligan's Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. Um, But Yours was just, I knew that I wanted uh, to start the show with, even again, to your point, we are in some dark days and some really hard times. We're not going to pretend that that's not happening at all because that would make us assholes. But the truth is your energy, and I can't wait to hang out with you um, and spend time with you in real life because you're amazing. Your energy, just like, it is not, it, it comes, it, when you and I chatted the other day, it just comes through. It's something that just bleeds through in such a positive and radiant way. So thank you. Don't make me cry because I didn't use a lot of eyelash glue and I'm still figuring <laughs> out how to put on my own eyelashes. Poke myself <laughs> in the eye a couple times. But I'm getting there. Um, I am thankful for just you welcoming me into this space and giving me a moment to Wusa, my therapist will be very proud because she's always telling me to unplug. And, you know, those who give energy have to refill it. So I'm happy to pour into y'all, get it, pour into y'all. And then- Gotcha. I mean, we can just have a beginning. We have a little beginning. Uh, we're going to make a drink with Hennessy. We can have a little, you know, a little lubrication. It is, it is that Let's time of day. That. It yes. is that time of day. So shall we, ladies, sure. pour yes. a little? Yeah, let's have, a little, let's have a little, we're going to, so Poet is a big fan of the Hennessy. I am, and I am drinking it this evening. So we are going to do, we're going to do, I'm going to do mine a little bit neat, so we'll have a little sip of that at the beginning of this episode. Um, I do love cognac, so this was an E, this is a no-brainer for me. I'm actually drinking the Hennessy Black, which I love. It's a nice one. You know what? I am a fan of Hennessy Black. I think Hennessy White is probably my favorite. I like to chill it. Give it just a yep. little, just a lemon, and then I'm excited about life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cognac is, I mean, cognac is a beautiful spirit in itself, but. So much- I had to go get another little uh, vessel to drink out of. I thought taking a shot of the jigger was just too much for me. I put a, I put a little <laughs> bit of ice in mine and I'll just sip oh, But that's what I did though. I was just going to be a Hold on. I love that. I should have done the same thing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I got Poe po on the show. I better like up my class. <laughs> Listen, I don't want y'all, like, listen, my sugar is sitting in a container that I'm sure I took from somebody's great restaurant before I couldn't eat there in the flesh. <laughs> so I'm not worried about any of that. Um, as you get to know me, you learn very quickly that I am my mother's daughter, and I have always wanted people to feel very comfortable around me. You walk into my house, you're going to take off your shoes and get comfortable, might even help yourself to the bar, and it wouldn't, I wouldn't bat an eye because... That's what home to me is. So feel comfortable. I just unbuttoned my pants and leaned back. I was like, people can't even see the top, like the bottom of me. I ain't even have to put on pants for this. I did because I want to be classy, but I did. I learned my just lesson in case, about just that. Just because you had to stand up. <laughs> Hold on. I did. Gonna, wait, wait, wait. 100% be real careful about Zooming and not wearing pants. Because <laughs> when you're in a conference call and someone excuses himself and they get up for a minute, and they didn't realize they didn't have bands on. That's a they weird forgot. thing. <laughs> they forgot. So, like, I'm going to be very honest, and I'm going to tell you right now, as a person that is probably the co-founder of the No Pants Party, you know you don't have a No Pants little freak, little nasty, <laughs> nasty thing. You, you know, especially men. You got extra company down there. We, like, clammed up. So it's kind of like, but you know you don't have on pants. 
You want Did the you mic. just say, wait, hold on. I need something. Did you just say we're clammed up? <laughs> yeah. You know how they say jam out with your clam out? <laughs> You're making Louise blush, which is a, a new thing. I got to be Shout honest. Shout out to one of my favorite bands, Misery Loves Company. That was one of their chants, jam out with your clam out. I just, I was like, ow. It took me a while to get it, but once I got it, I was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, I want to, wait, hold on a second. Louise, what are we going to say? We're going to talk about how Poagawa she is, right? Yes, I really love for um, our listeners to understand. I mean, uh, obviously, she's Know you, they want to know you. And a personality like that leaps out of a page, out of a book, out of a computer. Nothing can hold her personality is my point. It comes right through. Um, But tell us, how, who who are you? I mean, where did you come from? (laughs) My mother's womb. Now it's the next question. I'm I'm here for all this. I, I'm good at this. No, um, I am. Wow. People ask you that, and I'm never sure how to respond because I'm a lot of things. Um, I can state the obvious that I am a proud black woman. State maybe the not obvious. Sometimes if you took too much liquor in me, I like to make out with women. I love pets. But I am a girl that was born in Detroit and didn't even know it till she was probably like 10. I was raised in foster care. I was adopted and then put back in care, which is probably a whole nother episode and a whole nother story. Um, I'm a lover of people that felt as I evolved into who I am today, with an evolution still taking place, that there were stories that needed to be told, not just my own, just others. And I would be frustrated that I didn't see him. It's that equivalent of, always watching television as a chunky kid and never really seeing a chunky kid. Not in cartoons. And when they started to introduce them, they were either goofy or always eating. It was just never what I knew me and my friends to be or me and my family to be. My friends' family. So growing up in care, you get one or two kind of social workers. One that says, the world is yours, dream big. And the one that reminds you that you're going to age out at 21 and you better have a place to live and you better have a plan. So for me, Getting into radio, I always tell people, I believe was divine intervention. Um, (laughs) I won a contest. Like I've never been to broadcasting school. I don't own any degrees in journalism or anything. I'm a proud black girl nerd, so I like to study. But I won a contest at 92Q in Baltimore (laughs) for a six month internship. And it changed my life because it was the, one of the first times that I would really step out on faith and try something. Um, and at the time I was, I should have been looking for like a a job of some sort. You are in the midst of possibly like gradual, like, what are you doing? And I did it. And my mother who took me in at 15 was like, do it. You can always come back home. I lost the first year to the huggable, lovable plus love. The fact that I remember that and can't tell you what I wore to work last week is hilarious. (laughs) But um, I lost and I told my mom, I said, I don't feel like they gave me a fair shot. And I didn't, uh, rest in paradise and having a Reggie red. I felt like he was shouting out his cousin that was coming on after me more than talking to me. They did it the next year. I tried out. I won. And I'm excited just to bring people their lunch and to be in that atmosphere. Cause that's where I wanted to be. And it was at a heritage black station that was started by Kathy Hughes, which is this phenomenal black woman in broadcast media. I just felt like God was lining up these steps and I needed to just stay focused. So it turns out that the producer of Afternoon Drive, which was with Conan, I want to say that MJ got 
extra happy at his birthday party and like twisted both his ankles and it was something it was like one of those stories that you hear and you'd be like what and then my boss was like well can you pop in and produce conan for me and i'm thinking oh i was just like all right what i gotta do and we would have this banter and we would talk and crack jokes and then he left my mic on one day my boss calls us downtown downstairs to his office and he's like what y'all did today do that again tomorrow and then from there, I was on air, on air personality. And then in a few months, I got my very first radio contract. And then you get a call saying, hey, would you like to do overnights in DC? And I'm like, well, why the hell am I not? And then <laughs> um, became a swing jock, worked at PGC. I knew that that's where I wanted to be. When the roster was full, ended up doing my own morning show in West Palm Beach, Florida. And May I ask a they- question, what's a sing- swing jock? So a swing jock is somebody that can do every shift. I can do mornings, 6 to 10. I can do middays, midday shenanigans, 10 to 2. I can bring you home from work or take you to work an afternoon drive, uh, which is normally 2 to 6. Or I can hang out with you all night long, which is 6 to 10. I do holidays, weekends, all of that, swing jock. Um, if you call me, I can do it. I can do an in-person thing, a segment. You, I'm going to do it. Hey, like, And you want to get to that point where your hours, because when you part-time, you need those coins, are not limited to what you don't know. And that's something that I've taken with me every step, everywhere. Like, even in this moment, I don't think people realize that, yeah, it sucks to just kind of sitting at home and COVID did this. And now you have the unfortunate death of George Floyd, and then you, you, it's emotionally draining and overwhelming. And in this moment, people uh, am thankful to a God that is revealing superpowers that people didn't even know they had that they didn't have the power, they didn't know that they could help heal people and walk people through. People are finding extra ways to use these degrees that have been getting dusty. I am loving that we are pulling from those moments that before we thought we wouldn't make it and we wasn't sure what was going on and we're fueling through a moment that is taking every ounce of energy every day when I wake up. We all wake up on 100, I come home and I'm always on about 15 and then I sit with Savage, my dog, and I have to refuel and then start my prep because I know this is an everyday process. Earlier today, somebody said that the civil rights movement walked so the Black Lives Matter movement could run. I'm here for this. I am here for this moment and being a part of a moment in a way, I told my pastor from Community of Hope, Reverend Leslie, the other day, this is the most uncomfortable I've ever felt but I've never been more sure of my purpose than in this moment. Wow. So that's very powerful. That's very powerful. That's how I ended up in radio at midday. It's a very long story and I'm not sure how much time I have. So that's the abridged version, but um, it's been a magical journey and the things that you learn and the people that you meet and the stories that you get to share. um, The unfortunate news that you have to break is probably the big downside, but I couldn't imagine doing anything else, serving people. And I'll do it in radio, I'll do it at, like I don't, uh, I also don't think people understand what service and ministry is. Your hairdressers, your, that bus driver that you talk to every day and soon know your boyfriend problems and everything. Your bartender. Your resident mistress who, who knows your drink or knows what drink you need today. Flatten you advice saying, I don't think people know that they're ministering even when they're not ministering. and. That is what fuels me, sharing these stories so that if you're sitting and you're thinking, I, I can't take another segment about a, a broken community or a broken person or a broken situation, you're reminded in these moments 
that there's still ways to minister and still move. Like even in this moment, people are going to tune in and take stuff. That sunshine thing, I'm stealing that, using it on the air. I'm telling that whole fact. I have Do a segment called Learn Something New, and that is the goal. I, learn something new every day. You say you ain't got time. I done made the time. Now you ain't got to worry. I want people to know that. I want yeah. people to ponder on it. Hopefully go research it. That is the part of ministering. It's not always just, you know, a sweaty preacher and some really loud words or however you see it. <laughs> um, ministering is what we're doing right now to each other. A posting there, I love you. A cocktail made with your name on it. Like, come on! Even in the midst, we're going, we, we are going to be better because of it collectively and individually. Absolutely. If we allow ourselves to be. And I think that as an individual that goes through the world that um, we would all hope that we would strive to put something, put forward positivity. I know I'm being a little naive right now, but um, as one myself, um, Absolutely. I can't, I can't, uh, I'm not a very religious person, very spiritual. And you're, you're come on, on ministering and, and being a minister of, of that positivity speaks directly to my soul. So thank you. Yeah. Poet, I want to say, I want to say this. I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, what can you do? You know, what can you be? How are you going to help say the words, be a part of it? You know, don't be silent about it. Don't you know, do all the things that you're saying to do, right? Now I follow you and I hope that everybody that listens to this show follows you after that, right? You are providing a different, I, I, think, I think your show, and if you listen to you on the radio, it's really funny. And your interviewing is very good and, and you know, it brings a different light. But I feel like what your purpose, at least from what I saw from like the last... 24 hours has been to bring a light to the situation that's within a community that sometimes feels like they don't have the voice to say everything they need to say. Because I live in DC and I work in DC and I do all these things. And I do the right thing. And I, and I don't, I don't see it the way other people, unfortunately in this world do. And it's disgusting. But I, I don't think that I ever want to say, say, stay silent anymore. I want you to tell me I need you to do X so I can achieve Y. And this is because, and if that means making drinks for a whole bunch of people to keep the peace and to keep everybody moving forward, then that's my purpose. But I think that your purpose I want you, I would, I would like you to enlighten our listeners and talk about what happened last night because I never thought that could ever happen. And now I saw it and it just, it crushed me. So for those not aware, uh, yesterday, well, June 2nd was the final day of election for our primary elections. And I had been running around and helping friends and doing what we do. We make sure people can get to the polls. There are people who still need to eat and things of that nature. So it never occurred to me that I wouldn't be able to do my final drop off of water and such and just get in line and vote. I'm thinking an hour and a half, two hours maybe. It took me five hours and 39 minutes to vote. And I, I keep, I, that number has been with me since I walked out of the polling place yesterday. It was, a, I strange to arrive somewhere at 530. Me and my friends are giving water and snacks to people in line because we heard that people had already been in line 
three or four hours. Um, wow. it's, it's a nice day, but you're outside. People have kids. It, people were trying to get to work. It was just a mess. And it felt like nobody cared. Not from the mayor. I'm thinking we knew that COVID had pushed back the primary. So I'm thinking it was, you would make the natural accommodations, not just for people in Ward 7 or 8, people, period. I heard from people in Ward 4, in Ward 1. I, the wait times were just ri ridiculous, but everybody took the time to do their photo op to show that they voted at their polling place. You did a like, you put us on curfew, which felt like they were criminalizing protests. I'm going to be very clear in that moment and how I feel in that space. I'm like, you couldn't use that same alert system to tell people, hey, it's the final day of voting, things you should know, that even though the curfew is at seven, if you are at a voting place on your way to vote or leaving from voting, you're exempt. That there were over 20 polling places open and you could vote anywhere. It didn't matter what um, ward you live in, what your address was, you could go to any of them, oh, make sure you have your mask. If you emailed votedc.com, which is the Board of Elections for DC, they would send you a ballot through your email. People found out about that standing in line after standing in line for four hours that you could have DM'd them on Instagram and they would have sent you a link that you click, put in your, it was ridiculous. And it was a testimony of the stories that are not told and the people that don't have a voice and should. I didn't, somebody, I, I knew enough people there that I probably could have walked in, but how do you help people if you don't see, if you do not experience the things that they are complaining about, even when it comes to um, the Black Lives, La um, Black Lives Matter movement, I think a lot of people felt a little bit removed from it because I do my donations, I do this, I go feed, I've done this part, but you haven't really lived, you haven't really walked. And what happens is when you meet up and you talk and you engage each other, while you're protesting, while you're marching, while you're serving, you share stories. And then you find out a lot of the narratives that the media has pushed. It, it is a reason why some people see a black person and feel a certain kind of way. Or an Asian person and think a certain thing. A white person and automatically assume a certain thing. Those are things that are in the words of the things that were said. So it's kind of like standing there and watching a woman with her two kids in a wagon. And the news is here, but say, and encouraging people to say how they feel. And then this morning finding out that people sent out for absentee ballots a month ago, month and a half ago, and didn't get them. This is what voter suppression looks like in D.C. in 2020. And if no one's sharing that story, if no one is investing in those folks, then what happens? What we already see. I guarantee you, when was the last time you took a trip over the river and just drove through and just looked and 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 watched and learned, stepped out and talked to somebody, you'd be surprised. You know what it feels like to be begging for a hospital and a, a market and then you get a new Starbucks? And you, try, and, and you know that I understand that this is a whole village concept, so it takes everybody. From the beginning, people have said some people didn't have a voice and if you didn't live like this or if you've never been over here, no, everybody plays a role in this, in every moment which is really what we're learning right now, which is what I've been trying to get people to understand. No role in what we need to change looks the same for everybody. Our superpowers aren't the same. It's the reason why you had a Justice League. 
Some people got to be able to blow up the building. Some people got to be able to move it, melt it down, rebuild it. Be, somebody can zip around town and get the superpowers that are necessary. And when you allow people to be comfortable sharing and doing, you'd be amazed at the things that are happening, which are the things that you're seeing now. Mr. Rowe letting 100 people up in his house in the middle of a protest. That was the best. <laughs> Do you know how my heart soared? Find the silver lining, even if you got to get down and it's only a slither this big, find it anyway and give thanks to it and for it. I don't know too many people who would have let a hundred young folks run up in their house in the middle. It's nighttime. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I would like just because of the situation and circumstance. I know me. Um, but in reality, when you would ask yourself that when you're alone, sitting on the toilet, having a moment, like think about it and think, what would I, what would I do? Because there yeah. will, if you haven't already experienced a moment where you walked away feeling like you could have spoke up or you could have said something or you could have did something differently. It's okay. Cause you know, we all done done that. The shoulda, woulda, coulda have ended many a momentum. No, no need. You remember you're human. And if you're going to be human, be kind. And if you didn't get it right the last time that you saw something that didn't sit right with your spirit, the next time you see it, speak on it. Yep. You know, it's really interesting. Oops, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it's really interesting no. when you're talking about voting where I live. I live in Virginia and it is a slightly affluent area. But I kid you not, when I go to vote, and I talk to my friends who live in D.C. and different parts of D.C., they'll talk about how long it took them to vote. I literally walk in and walk out within five minutes. And that's including my time to park, probably. There were people that had that. So here was and, the- But I'm saying is that, that when we talk about voter... Okay. Voter, suppression. Suppression, absolutely. It's real. But when you, when you are... If, if you live in a bubble... You, would, you could easily think that that's not an issue because your personal experience is very different. It's a naive space and again, admittedly ignorant space, but it's, it's a real, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's absolutely an issue that we are, we are facing now and have faced for a long time and will continue to face, especially in our next election. You know what? I'm not going to let you knock yourself up for it. You live in your bubble and there are people that live in theirs. When I was out voting last night, there were people telling people this was a part of the process. So there's a bubble two ways. If I've never experienced that Virginia type vote, then I begin to believe that I'm always supposed to stand in line eight hours. It's always supposed to take this long. So understand that that bubble works in multiple tribes throughout this village. So what happens is when your friends from DC say, hey, this is how long it took me to vote. And you're thinking, well, it only took me here. That's when y'all have a moment to create something special. So what are we doing in Virginia that we're not doing in D.C.? I get that D.C. is this and we are a state and we sit here. But are there policies? Are there, did y'all start sending in absentee ballots in January? What are some things that you do that are obviously successful because here you are so that maybe we can come and implement them, even if it's over time, to get to that space? That's what happens when we start sharing our stories and our experiences. Um, the, the other would, well, there's no other. That's it. Share your experiences and watch what happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people don't know how to do that. 
You're, you're giving something that's very, that's very, it's a raw emotion experience, feeling, it's raw. And being able to let your guard down and say it is probably one of the hardest things that people can navigate. Hmm. They find, they find exposure, because that's exposing yourself or underbellying yourself to be a weakness, whether it's, whether it's because of anything, any, any life experience. Mm-mm. I, I, no, wow. I don't, I don't, but people don't share for that reason. I'm people, not sure if that's the only reason. I think people don't share because when they do, y'all drag them through the mud for it. You make them feel bad about it while asking people to respect the way that you feel and the way that you want to get down. Therein lies part of our problem right now. Everybody is yelling. This is me. This is how my life is. This is my experience. You need to respect it while turning to their left or the right and telling somebody who's shouting the same thing that they don't get to have that same platform and don't get to say those same things. Transparency is the key to life. And I think we've given ourselves a lot of excuses to be mediocre and not share because we find ways to express all our other feelings. We ain't got no problem telling people the things that they could do better and get right. So a lot of those are only your spouse personal, like, (laughs) us things and it, it is on both sides i'm an advocate for cheerleading for yourself like you cheerlead for everyone else you know you'll tell your girlfriends in a heartbeat your homeboys your bae you got this go do it do it do it al you've been sitting trying to get this memoir together or this new liquor combination that i'm trying to put on the market and will beat yourself up and remind yourself of all the times you failed before you never pour that into somebody so as cliched as it sounds a lot of this is about treating people how you want to be treated in real life and not because it sounds good. And then that self-love and how you see yourself is another part of this conversation. The more therapy I had, the more I loved myself, the more I loved people, and it changed the way that I engaged people. So it's hard for me to make fun of people and talk about people and down people because you start to understand that Sometimes that shirt got stains because she's sleeping in her car, but just trying to make it through and come to work. Sometimes them edges of them nails are riggedy because this is also what I'm experiencing. And a lot of times we don't even dial it. We won't even bring it there. But the reality of it is life is happening to all of us all the time. And how do you want to, how do you want to deal? And what do you want your mark in this moment to be? I'm not in the habit of so much teaching as I am sharing people receive sharing a lot easier than they do somebody telling them what they need to do. I just want to give you a few few ideas. You feel like you're doing nothing at all? Check your group text when they throw that N-word up in your group text or make a joke that you know not right and instead of just not responding, being like, dude, I delete this whole shit right now because you know it doesn't feel right. When you are in the store and you see the situation going down, and instead of thinking, well, they do that in this neighborhood, or da, 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 you think to step in and be like, what's going on? Because sometimes it's just the simple fact that I may not be able to articulate what I'm going through or what I need to express in a way that's understandable for where I am because I'm already being judged. So it's about when you're in those spaces, standing up in those spaces. That's how that works. Yesterday, people went out and passed out water. They didn't belong to any kind of groups or anything. They didn't know how to help. So I'm going to help the people that are doing this work. My girlfriend dropped off these little mini first aid kits. We're going to make care packages for protesters. 
Maybe you aren't going to protest. That may just not be your thing. I'm not going to make you feel bad for it, not going down you for it. But I'm going to tell you some ways that you can get in where you fit in. Oh, what? Can you come throw a happy hour for the uh, Board of Election judges that work 14-hour shifts with no <laughs> break? <laughs> like, and that's a part of support and helping. That's a part of helping, even though you feel you may feel like it's not putting up a PSA. Well, okay, let's put up a PSA, which is what I've been explaining. People, you got to let people be very comfortable in how they move into it, but welcome them into it and allow them to make mistakes on the way as they as they learn it. Research it. Call it, get a comfortable friend. Girl, y'all know y'all can call me. <laughs> call me. Let, like, what you need? Let's be like that. Because I'm going to reach out and I'm going to ask. I don't know what it feels like to be uh, a white woman or to feel or, or to feel like people are always coming at you. You might have had some experiences that make you feel like this is legit how you feel and how you want to rock out. But if you're not trying, if we're not engaging and not just saying, here's mine, 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 but what's going on with you? Why do you feel that way? And maybe I can't change your mind, but maybe we'll walk away from each other part and have a better understanding of why people are doing this or acting this way or responding in this way. And that's all I try to show through my showing on my social. I'm human. I talk to my gut, Edgar, and I sit with my mom. And I will, I'm a, I've marched, I've protested, I've been angry, I have cried. A friend of mine who is young had a heart attack last Thursday and died. Like, it's, life oh is happening God. to all of us all the time. Like, all the time. And when you remember that before you respond or you 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 instantly react, you'll be surprised at how it changes your life. My therapist gave me that homework a year ago and it made me angry. Oh, it made me angry. Cause I, it made me really take a good look at myself. I'm driving, the person driving all erratically cut me off, now I'm fussing and now I'm mad. And she was like, no, you, you at least for a second have to um, consider your, think, think. Just, just for a little bit, put, were you ever in that space? And the first thing I thought about was when my cousin died and how I drove crazily to John Hopkins Bayview because they thought that he was going to pass before I got there and I wanted to get there to say bye. And I'm sure in that moment, I was cutting off hella people and doing a lot of things. And then in that moment, are there people that's going to drive down? Yeah. Lead foot? Yeah. But in that moment, it brought me from 100 back to zero. And I was like, you've been there before. So instead... All right, prayers up, because I'm hoping that's not your situation. I'm hoping it's not if you late to work again, you're going to be fired. I've been there. So as you step into this new space, which is new to all of us for a multitude of reasons, think human, not labels. Think you. Well, if it, if it were it, as, again, cliche as it sounds, if it were you, if that was your brother calling out, if that was your daughter that that happened to, you, we've got to be able to see ourselves in each other. It changes things. It changes things in a way that I didn't even know was possible until I started seeing it. I'm not going to burn up no buildings, but I've never been a 16-year-old black kid who is watching kids their age be murked and murdered and it not be a topic of conversation in the sense of help, but in the sense of you're going to jail. I've never lived that. So I don't have any right in this moment to tell 
you that your anger is super misplaced and you better X, Y, and Z. No. The only thing I can do is be like, I see that you are hurting. How can I help you? If you take nothing else from the beautiful faces in front of you, walk with the mindset of how can I help you? Because it could be you. And that's how you help. Absolutely. The power of positive thinking is is so incredibly stupid, sounds stupid, but very powerful. Again, a little cliche, but you're right. As soon as you can put yourself in somebody, walk in somebody else's shoes, the old, you know, my mother would say that all the time, even though she may not live, she didn't live it, but she'd say it. Um, but that you're right because you don't know what somebody else's plight is. You don't know, um, what what has just happened and if you can imagine yourself being there um to your point you don't know what that erratic driver was going you're right you have no idea it could have been something very and if you were in the same shoes you would have done the exact same thing before i drive up follow you fuss out maybe even get out and fight you and then something worse happened like i'm i'm as it's been my challenge on air to my listeners i'm like i challenge you before you react put yourself in that person's shoes Pull up, recollect that moment yeah. and, and it, cha- it changes you because then you are really thinking human and not a label. You'd be surprised at the stories that we've heard that if you took out that the person was gay or queer or black or white or Asian or this, that it's just a story. If I tell you that someone's 71 year old grandmother was tackled by police, you're going to think of your Nana and be like, ah, and those things that actually describe us should not be the reason why it doesn't hit on a higher level. If a kid kid is missing, then we need to find this kid, period. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's me. Hi, y'all. I'm not even (laughs) sure if that's what I'm supposed to say, but there's all of me. (laughs) Absolutely. So I think we should cheers that, Gina. Yeah, let's make a cocktail. Sorry, I am like literally listening. Oh, and all I can think of is, I'm going to say one day, I'm like, oh, I knew her when, and now she's like... You know, senator or I don't know, Congress. I can't decide. It's going to be good. Hopefully, a president, but we'll see. You know what? You are, ah, they come in three. It's a third person. Last night, the guy from the news was like, Have you ever thought about running for office? And I have a great voice. You have a voice of of compassion, and that's not found every day. I don't get it. I don't understand how you, if you reach it, if you reach 30, when you reach 30, you didn't been through enough shit, y'all. You didn't. 30. 30. And, and then you got to understand, I'm just hoping that you reach 30. So I'm a saying, well, it took me to get to 30 to see that people are seeing at 15 and 16, but it's kind of like, once you have life happen to you, I'm not sure how you can not understand when somebody else is having it happen to them it's just i don't know are you only 30 is that how old you are oh no i'm older than 30. okay i was gonna say because your stride only begins at that age so i would love to see what's gonna happen before the 40 because that's when all of it happens huh getting people to want to take that next step every day is uh challenge that we are all faced with because we're all connected so I I don't know I don't know what even the rest of this year has planned for me but as I explained earlier I've never been more sure of my purpose me and my mother talked about that this morning she was like are you are you feeling okay do you feel nervous 
You know, people know what my mom's old school. My mom is 72. So she didn't witness the civil rights movement like as a young like so in her mind she's like you're so out there you're there are you okay and i'm setting her mind at ease like i am very comfortable with everything in this moment and everything that i know happens when you decide to speak just a little bit more clearly and a little bit louder and a whole lot more like non-candy coated which is something that i realized that i had started doing because you tiptoe around how people are going to take it or how they're going to feel I'm going to just, you just going to have to take it and then we just going to have to figure it out. I'm always be classy with it. Maybe not always very tactful, but let's have these <laughs> conversations. <laughs> let's find, I'm telling you, do it. All right. We're going to make a cocktail. It's time to make a cocktail. Let's, let's have one. Oh, I forgot my ice. <sighs> Go grab some ice. Get it. Go get some ice. Yay. You got your pants on. You got pants on, right? Do you have pants on? You'll be fine. Do you have pants on? It's like she has pants on. <laughs> Push this down so everyone can see my drink. So this is one of my favorite um, fun drinks that you could do. You could do this drink on the rocks. You could do this drink uh, frozen. You know, it's kind of really up to you how to do this, but you need to follow the steps to make the drink. And then you can even keep them in your refrigerator and have them ready for when your friends come over, put a little top on it, leave it in the fridge, right? Okay. So recipe comes from sangria. Now I love sangria, but I don't, I don't drink a lot of wine. I don't drink a lot of wine anymore. I drink more juices and stuff. So this drink is going to start um, very much into what you like. So basically, you have sugar in front of you. I ask everybody to have sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can build this in. Um, we're going to build this in a shaker today. I'm going to keep this glass on the side because I'm, I'm going to do two ways just to show you how it looks when you leave it in your refrigerator, how it looks when you make it one time. Okay. okay. So you're gonna take um, your sugar and you're gonna put a spoonful of sugar in um, your gluten in your shaker tin, and you can use any kind of sugar. And I'm just using um, a light brown um, molasses sugar, which I like. You can use any kind; it doesn't need to be anything special. And then we're gonna use one ounce of uh, fresh juice. And if you have um, a, a, a juicer, you're gonna juice it in. If you have if you have just the lemon juice, pour it into your container, and I'm going to throw in the whole lemon. And I'm going to do, do the same. What? What? What is Poe doing over there? I don't know. I don't have. I don't He's putting know. it in. I'm putting in my. Listen, lady. <laughs> She's putting it in. I'm not a professional bartender. I just bartended. So oh. right now, all we have is lemon and sugar in the bottom of your glass. Yep. Everyone's got this. Lemon sugar in the bottom of my glass. Got yep. It. So you're gonna leave that in there, right? So you have one inside in the bottom of your shaker tin, and this is I'm, I'm making this one for the refrigerator, so you guys can have this in your fridge if you want to. Now this is really important. Now you have the acid in there and your sugar. This is when you add your liquor before you add a juice, because you don't want to make it so that the liquor is going to basically break down the sugar. So we're gonna add two ounces of Hennessy. And now I'm gonna make it for my refrigerator cocktail. And we're gonna put it in there. And I'm using the Hennessy Black. So now if you look at my, my I am not shaking this, right? Okay. All becoming diluted on its own. Oh, it looks like I have more Hennessy than you do. <laughs> you can put, see, this is why you're making it at home. You do what you want. All right, so now we have, you have your shaker tins, okay? Yes. Now the next thing you're gonna do is you have your Hennessy in there. 
and now you're gonna take your grape juice. So what you just put in there was two ounces and one ounce, it's three ounces, and now you're gonna you're gonna marry that with three ounces of grape juice. Okay. I want to be professional like everyone else. <laughs> Listen, you can you do mean like it. Gina. Okay, so now we have this, right? So if I was gonna put this in my refrigerator, I'm gonna pretty much triple this recipe, put a, a okay. lid on it, keep it in the refrigerator, and pour it when I want it. Now we have our shaker tin, and we're gonna put some ice in the tin. Okay. And whenever you guys are ready to shake, we're gonna shake. I heard you got a new shaker tin. I did, my sister Nikki got so it. I'm gonna show you a trick. You need to keep your hand, finger on the top, yep. And you're gonna shake. So that way it doesn't come off and spray all over you. It's like a shake weight for your mouth. Yeah. You know what? Now I know part of the reason why my drinks are not chilled. I've never shaken it for that long, but I feel the container is cold. Nice. Yes. Oh, and then, I'm so excited. So you have your shaker is a traditional shaker, which is really nice, right? You know, why take, is it fighting me? Oh, there we go. So now you're gonna, wait, 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 Poe, do you have ice in your glass? No. Or ice in your glass? Oh. Otherwise, it's a martini, right? Oh, ha you better teach me, baby. So we're gonna put it in there, but we have juice, so we know this is a cocktail and not a martini. So we're gonna pour it in our, our drink in, and I'm filling up my mason jar, only because I love a good summer cocktail. So now we made this with lemon, and we put the lemon juice in there, and just for color, and just because I just think it looks really pretty, I'm gonna put a little, little orange, little orange on it, because I like that. What you said, you can be the sunshine. Yay! I'm into that. Look how pretty this orange is. That's really pretty. Ooh, I like the witch. So, uh, one of my favorite plays in books is Wicked. So. When my sister saw this at a wine festival, she was like, you know you have to have this. On the back it says, I haven't been quite the same since that house fell on my sister. So. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Cheers, let's take Cheers. a picture. Can we do that? Okay. I love that. All right, here goes the test. Hopefully I know what I'm doing. Oh my Lord. That's really good. So easy. Throw that in a blender, same amount of ice, and it's so it's super easy, especially if you're friends over, you make it in a pitcher form. And I'll give the recipe for pitcher and single cocktails. Oh, great. You can um, you make this ahead of time, keep it in the fridge. Such an easy summer, delicious, easy, like, sipping cocktail. But it's all about the measurements on this one. Otherwise, it's going to be way unbalanced. This is good. Like the world, it's all about the measurements. You gotta keep it balanced. <laughs> all about balance. Cheers to that. This yes. is so good. Oh, I'm gonna make this for people. I'm gonna give it a name. What should I call it? You know, Gina always name? comes up with some good ones. I think, oh, we just call it Ain't No Sunshine when you're gone. <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs ever. I love really? that song. Yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. Like you had 10 songs and you are on an island. That's one of my 10. 
Ooh. What's your, what do you got on that list? What's yeah, one me, of your songs your number, in the top give us, 10? Give us one. Uh, Family Feud by Jay-Z, who's not my favorite person right now, but I love that song. Gotcha. Gina, what you got? It's kind of always, I don't know, it's, a, it's, it's it, it, it goes back and forth for me. So like, I think, um, I, can't, I think why the, the songs, you know, James Taylor, the, um, I can't think of the name of the song, it's one right on my head. What? Is that, oh no, you said James Taylor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's this, um, God. I can think of all the words, the lyrics, I can't think of the name of the song. Anyway, it's a song that I, I, I like. I think it's because only because like I, you know, like going to the beach and stuff like that. So whatever. Oh, that's a good question. That's a nice playlist to put together. I'm trying to think. Beach or your, your island? Yeah. Beach, uh, from James Taylor. So, Hold on. We're going to, we're going to go to phone a friend. My husband's making friend. dinner. I know, but what is the name of that song? It's like... God, I'm going to think of it and text both of you and be so mad at myself. This so don't worry. So I'm... for our listeners who are on, on their oh. edge of their seat trying to figure out what's James Taylor's genus talking about, song she's talking about, we'll put it up on the website and in our Jamie, episode notes. Alcohol. Look at yeah, so, Gina, so, Gina, so Gina, what's that website we're going to send them to? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Designated Drinker Dot Show. Wait, what was that? Designated drinker dot show. So you cannot give me Hennessy and think I'm going to be answering questions that are correct. <laughs> and my cup is almost empty, but now Mama knows how to make it. <laughs> so the recipe for this for this cocktail it will be um, at designated drinker dot show plus all of the recipes from our episodes uh, previous episodes all of Gina's magic elixirs all those recipes will be up there as well and we're going to have an added bonus which we don't always have <laughs> Gina's favorite James Taylor song as well as <laughs> I'm going to find I'm going to be so mad at myself in a minute I feel like if I asked Alexa to play it she would play it I don't know Carolina on <laughs> Alexa my play that Alexa, play that one song by James Taylor. I can't remember. <laughs> she gets it. Oh my God. I'm so it. mad at That'd myself right now. That's it's hilarious. Like before the wind, that song. She was born before the sun. And I know, whatever. The wedding volleyball was one, and we sailed into the mystic. Into the mystic. You've never heard that James song? Taylor, into the mystic? Yeah. Is that him? Is he not singing into the mystic? But I do love that song. <laughs> okay, so it that? may or may not be James you mean, Taylor. You mean Van Morrison? That's who I like. <laughs> you win, Van Morrison. Why ding, do you ding, hate ding, him? Ding, ding. You hate him? No, I just want to make sure I was thinking of the right. Like I didn't know I was. Going I thought it was James Taylor. See, this is how bad I am at like well, music, but I know what, what? I like. I, don't, I, I thought whoever you met was the guy that sings, you're beautiful, because... <laughs> I mean... Oh, Jess, I, I think that's, that's James nice Bond. <laughs> that's James Bond. Is this the song? Oh, wait. Hey, wait, hold on. I don't... Into the Mystic, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can only really play like a, a second of that like. because uh, that's copyright. Was, <laughs> listen, I, I know all too well. That's why I was like, is this it real quick? And then... <laughs> <laughs> How many seconds can you play of a song before it's infringement? Go. Like um, under 90. 90 seconds? Like, it has to be under 90 seconds. That's great. So we can have all kinds of music. 
You only get like a third of the song. It's like, Ugh. okay, stop. Uh, <laughs> this is all you get. Ow. What's the fate now? Bring it back. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Sorry. I want us to make sure everyone knows where they can find um, Poe. What is the name of your show and when, what time frame and um, what days so of the week? I'm is this. Okay, so technically Monday through Friday, it's called Midday Shenanigans on WPGC 95.5, the DNA of the DMV. WPGC.com slash listen. You can find me at Just Curious Poe, legit everywhere that you are. And not to sound funny, Humble brag, you can Google me. So I go, well, actually, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we're going to do for our listeners. It'll be in all of our episode notes, except, of course, also on the show, uh, on the on our uh, designated drinker dot show. So they'll make we'll make sure that they know how to get a hold of you uh, and follow you and find you because you are amazing and everyone should be. And vote for well. you when you start running for office. <laughs> for me, I'm to God is wherever Gina, I, I will go. say we knew her when. No, I think I want to start our our campaign fund. So don't worry. Oh, listen. You're right. Everybody has a purpose. I'm gonna find a whole bunch of people. So Gina, it's you. Yes. Already. Okay. So I have one last question. So in this time of people identifying themselves with spirited animals, and they're like, I really identify myself with. Um, I can't think of one right now because I'm starting to make myself laugh. Uh, <laughs> I really identify myself with a lynx and you're like, I am, I'm agile and, and, and so growling. Hold on. Hold, hold. If you were a spirit, what what ingredient would, if you were a spirit ingredient, what ingredient would describe you and why? If I was a spirit ingredient, so. Spirit ingredient could be like for cooking or for drinks. Oh, so if I was an ingredient, because I was going to tell you that my native, friends will tell you they don't like when people say what they're a spirit animal of because that's really a part of their culture so i will happily be an ingredient i am something spicy so i am a chipotle or a mixed black pepper with some garlic it's some like because that's me like beautiful to look at you'll be like oh that's pretty and you're gonna taste it and be like oh that's delicious and then it's gonna be like ah yes kick that's me (laughs) so it's some kind of Hey, I put garlic in everything and people know how I feel about hot sauce and the spicier the better. So if my, I don't, hi, it's the potastic. A little, yeah, a little. Potastic. A little razzle dazzle. (laughs) Now, I guess maybe what a a jalapeno tastes like if you dipped it in honey and Hennessy, it's kind of like. I feel another drink coming on. That sounds like a, that sounds like a dare. I'm into that. I'm here for it. And then if you're really good to me, I'll make you my Hennessy jalapeno bacon. Ooh. I mean, I'm into that too. So the secret is part of the sauce that I brush on the bacon has a honey habanero moonshine in it. It's uh, one of the little ingredients. I you know, like I own a restaurant or two, so you could always <laughs> come and we can next make make that and make a poke and make a po sandwich. You know what? I often a po sandwich. Listen, that's got a lot of meaning. <laughs> All, All right, right ladies, uh, this has been uh, amazing. I can't thank you again for uh, allowing me into your space. As is, I tell people all the time, I'm a couture piece of dopeness. So this is an as-is sale. Once we connect and we become friends, and Wonderful. I tend to fart. I love that. Love I wouldn't anyway. want it anyway. All right, <laughs> final cheers. 
Cheers, everybody. Oh, wait. I don't have anything to cheers you to. <laughs> cheers. Honey, you want to come take a cheers? Okay. going to come and take a cheers with us. I've been listening the whole time. It's awesome. He, has, he never hey, listens Neil. like this. He listened the entire time. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yay, quarantine beer. You Yeah, oh, that's real. That's that you happens better. right mm. now. Oh, I wish I had a quarantine beer. <laughs> the Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. To learn more about HCOA or to find out about Missing Link's other podcasts, head over to missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.